the Agile brand. Welcome to season six of the Agile brand, where we discuss marketing technology and customer experience trends, insights, and ideas with enterprise and technology platform leaders. We focus on the people, processes, data, and platforms that make brands successful, scalable, customer-focused, and sustainable. This is what makes an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advising Fortune 1000 brands on MarTech, marketing operations, and CX, best-selling author and speaker. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. Before we get started, I wanted to make sure you know about my internationally best-selling book, House of the Customer. In it, I walk through practical steps of how brands can build the one-to-one, personalized, omni-channel customer experience we talk about a lot on this show, and discuss ways to make incremental steps toward this goal. Don't just take my word for it. Destination CRM called it required reading, and I'm sure you'll agree. You can find House of the Customer on Amazon or learn more on my website, gregkillstrom.com. Now let's get on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about how to make a bigger and more meaningful impact in highly competitive industries and get some insights on what we learned from 2023 and what that means for brands and marketing leaders in 2024. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome back to the show, Mark Nardoni, Chief Marketing Officer at Pan Communications. Mark, welcome back to the show. Greg, great to be back. Appreciate you having me on again. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to this conversation. What, why don't we get started? Those that didn't catch the last episode you were on last year, uh, maybe give a little background on your role at PAN as well as a little bit about what PAN Communications focuses. Yeah, we're an uh, integrated marketing and a PR agency. We've been in business for close to 30 years, uh, focused mainly in the B2B tech and healthcare technology world. You know, our work is pretty much centered around clients that are looking to kind of build a lot of brand awareness, kind of connect that to a lot of the demand generation activities that the rest of their team are working on and align specifically to some of their growth initiatives. So kind of those things in a nutshell kind of center around really what our focus is as an agency. We are data-driven. So I think this topic today is going to be really cool as we maybe lean into some of the other areas that are coming at us on the AI world. And uh, we use a lot of intelligence to inform the campaigns and the stories that we're building on behalf of our our clients. So 100% focused in B2B tech and healthcare. Great, great. Well, yeah. So let's uh, let's dive in here. Uh, you know, we're going to talk, as as you said, we're going to talk about a few things today, um, all centered around how brands can make a bigger impact when faced with stiff com- competition. Certainly, in the industries you work with, lots of lots of stiff competition as well as increasing customer expectations. So let's start a little bit by talking about um, twenty twenty three and and what we learned. So. It was nearly impossible to avoid uh, talking about AI in every single show last year. Um, I, I Maybe in one episode it didn't come up, but I'm pretty sure we talked about it in every show. So I'm just going to start there. You know, AI made a big impact on, on many parts of our lives last year, starting with the hype around ChatGPT, but expanding well beyond that, uh, you know, beyond a single product and a single company. What's your perspective on, you know, why was it the right time and, and place for that to happen? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of factors here. I'll try to keep it really tight for you. But, um, you know, when you, when you pull back, I think a lot of them, there's like just this perfect moment in time that came together. There was the simplification of AI based on how it's accessible with the rollout of ChatGPT and a lot of the other Gen I tools that kind of launched 
there's the real life examples that supported those too, as we move through the year. So like the, you know, the coming together of really great examples and, and use case studies, the technology that advanced to where it was really consumable on our end. And I also think one of the biggest factors was the macro economy. You know, you had a tighter workforce, you had a lot of department reductions and that level of performance and productivity kind of had to maybe bring in more of, from a technology standpoint. So those were all kind of really kind of interesting angles that started to point to this could be a really interesting tsunami coming at us from an AI standpoint. I also yeah. think that, you know, don't forget as we left 21 into 2022, the digital transformation and the experience that was taking shape, AI kind of helped fuel that a little bit differently. The yeah. dynamics on the investment front changed big time. You saw VCs starting to jump more and more into AI, whether it was the way AI was being verticalized, whether it was the way AI was helping kind of legacy brands better transform their go-to-market strategies, like all of that kind of like came at us. And then the last thing I'll just mention here is just the explosion around data, Greg. It was, yeah. you know, I mean, it's nothing that's new to us, but my goodness, the amount of data that came at brands, at, at key kind of business processes to make smarter, more intelligent decisions, the pressure that came with the explosion of data coming at you because of the promise of AI, it just kind of like magnified why 2023 was just a really great moment in time on this kind of disruptive, innovative technology that hit us. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, you hit on a lot of a lot of great points there. And I do think, you know, how many years ago was it that big data was the, you know, it was all the rage and, you know, that, that was like the buzzword, just like AI kind of was last, last year, you know, big data was, was all the rage, but, you know, I think what we found was we started collecting all this data and, you know, lakes and all, all manner of, of, of methods. But I think AI really helped unlock a lot of that data that was, being collected, uh, some of it useful, some of it maybe not useful, but you know, much of it just kind of sitting there, and and you know, humans weren't able to kind of go through it all. So I, you know, I think that was a that was a big thing, and just generally the the idea. And I know I've said this before in the show, but I think one reason AI and you touched on this as well that was so impactful is because businesses were actually able to get meaningful impact from it fairly quickly you know they, they had to invest but yeah. um but I, just curious if, if you'd agree with those points i i 100 agree i mean a couple of the things that we should kind of kind of think through right is like you had this moment in time where like last year when the rollout of chat gpt and bard and these other kind of great platforms and tools were launched you saw i mean searches for ai just went through the roof we know yeah. specifically you know Google had a 400% increase in searches just on AI from that November timeframe. So that was a really interesting kind of point that we were looking at. And then you also have kind of, as we kind of come back to, you know, we talked a little bit about the case studies, the successes, those kind of tangible, you know, campaigns and programs that we can put our arms around a little bit better, right? Because AI was used in a very different way. I mean, it was yeah. either in a manufacturing setting or in, supply chain or all these other kind of financial data crunching. And now we're looking at it very differently from a gen AI. So you've got the creation economy and you've got all these other things that are starting to jump in. But one thing that we can kind of think through as we, as we kind of get into 2024 a little bit is 
All right. So what happened a few weeks ago with ChatGPT where they froze the market for a few days? Yeah. Like that was really interesting what happened, right? You saw brands building businesses on the promise of ChatGPT and everything happened with regards to the leadership team there and the investors and the board market froze. Coming yeah. out of it, what does that mean? It just makes businesses wake up a little bit more to diversify their AI offering off of a few different approaches and platforms and not just a single brand. Because I think brands were in a really uncomfortable situation when they saw all of that transpire and they saw their businesses potentially hitting a standstill because of all of the issues and kind of situations that were brewing at ChatGPT and OpenAI at the time. Mainly I'm talking about OpenAI. Yeah. And then I think when we, we kind of get into it, the regulations, I mean, there's more to, there's more we're going to see coming out of this from a regulations standpoint, right? You saw what happened in the UK. So I think it's just, it's going to start to hit a point next year where, you know, AI is going to evolve now to be more, obviously it's real, but more kind of legitimate in the way at which we work with it, incorporate it, and kind of be very, very open and transparent with it. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm I'm sure you have a unique perspective on this. As, you know, you, as you mentioned, your pan your your agency works with a lot of technology brands, and so you know, I would imagine that that impact of uh, you know a lot of companies didn't position themselves as AI based or AI heavy or whatever. I'm sure in September of 2022, but um, you know, I'm curious about the impact that it had on how AI was being used as a competitive differentiator, and you know, how did how did the success of of the Chat GPTs and you know a handful of platforms kind of change the way everybody was talking? Look, I can address, I can address this kind of twofold for you, Greg. One is let's think of the, the legacy brands that we have and the way at which they were trying to kind of revitalize their business, and here comes AI. So how do they incorporate AI into their overall processes, platforms, engagement strategies, experience strategies with customers, prospects, and businesses? Like it just added a different fuel to their fire now. So they pivoted a bit. They looked more modern. They kind of acted a little bit more current just based on everything that AI could do to their business. The second part is, and then there's the kind of, you know, you've got this, the, 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 the world of businesses starting from the beginning with AI. So we had legacy brands that were, were born from AI. Kajito is one of them, a few of them we have in the agency. And then we have others that, again, kind of repositioned and pivoted. And then we have others that are coming at us with just pure play AI. And it's like you've got the dynamics of these two styles of business, one looking to kind of transform and the other looking to, to, be kind, to kind of become relevant. So because they're launching or they're thinking about ways at which they continue down the path of utilizing data and AI, um, you know, for yeah. the better of their business. So those were two interesting things hitting us. And then I guess what came out of it was at the end of the day, simplicity is going to win. If yeah. you can simplify the way at which you're trying to tell your story, whether you're a legacy brand that's reinventing yourself. So whether you're, you're, you're an AI born bred AI first company, you know, I think the way at which you simplify message positioning, how you identify where you're looking to go with this from a business standpoint, the audience that look at, at the way you're kind of trying to communicate and bring in. I think, you know, there's a lot packed in that answer, Greg, but I'm just giving you a sense of what came at us. Our client relations team at the agency, you know, which I talk to often because 
you know, we have a really interesting voice of the customer strategy at the firm. It's just like, you know, I think at one point we surveyed our client base and of the hundred clients about, I want to say almost 60 to 65% of them were AI focused or had elements of AI involved in their overall approach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, to your point, there's the, I think there's a lot to say on this because there's a lot of dimensions to this, which again, I think, you know, I don't think AI needs a uh, needs um, any more PR than it's already getting. But you know, I, I think um, there there are a lot of dimensions to AI that that are that are pretty meaningful. As opposed to you know, there's some other technologies out there that their time will come probably, but you know, it's a little harder to see practical benefits. And and here we have in making more of a more of that immediate impact that, that we were talking about earlier. You know, I'm I'm wondering. This show's airing in, in early January. We're recording it a couple of weeks earlier. So, you know, things change quickly, but not that quickly. You know, here here at the end of 2023, beginning of 2024, you know, would you say, are we still in like peak hype for AI or, you know, are, are you seeing things settle down a bit or, you know, where, where, do you, where do you see us on that, maybe on that hype cycle? I mean, you know, as, we, as the year draws to a close, I think we're, we're seeing an inflection point right now. You know, yeah. where where the hype is is being met with a little bit of skepticism. So, you know, some of the criticism around AI for everything all the time, you know, it's kind of caught up to us a bit here. Right. Because yeah. we had that boom um, that was driven kind of like from a lot of the expectations and the promise, but by also the kind of the fear of missing out and kind of being a meaningful brand as you contribute to this kind of evolution in the industry. So, again, a lot packed in there, but. If I peel it apart, democratization and access to AI, critical, right? So that's going to probably continue through. You think about it through the lens of healthcare as an example, right? I mean, cost of care, cost of patient, value mm. of care, like AI plays a role in all of that. Like as a, as a patient, you look at all your data and AI is able to kind of present you and you're that much more informed. It's like for the better of, of, of AI is kind of like, just an interesting thing we're going to start to see come out. I go back to those real life examples, right? And some of the other stuff that we know is going to continue probably on. I think there, as, as I said, you know, you met with the skepticism, but the better, a better experience, you know, I think there is no doubt that customers, consumers should be having a much better experience with the brand based on data, AI personalizations. You know, they sh brand should understand the behaviors of the buyer a hell of a lot better, right? The sentiment, yeah. the tone, the interaction. And I kind of always like to kind of peel it back to be better with AI. That's kind of been a common yeah. theme for me throughout 2000. Just be better with AI, be transparent, build trust, use it to create ideas, but just be better with it. You know, I mean, sometimes yeah. it's like you, you get caught up into the amazing wave of these advancements that we have going on. And this is a big, big thing hitting us, but it's TBD with the brands kind of from a, from a standpoint on you know, how are they going to use it? You know, and I know, Greg, you've probably talked to a lot of people about ethical AI and, you know, the conversations around that. That's going to be definitely front and center in 2024 as more regulations come into play, as governments maybe get involved, as as tech helps solve this this puzzle and and, and kind of yeah. process for us all. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things tied up there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's to your point about now that the hype is kind of, it's probably solidified in a few different areas and categories and, and stuff. You know, it's, it's, I think that, you know, 2024 is going to be kind of a reconciliation of 
we had a bunch of people using a bunch of different like a bunch of people experimenting with stuff which is what happens and and i think it's it's good and it's and it's natural but that's scary to a lot of brands when there's ethical concerns as as you mentioned it's risky when there's regulations coming down the pike and it's it's also just you know there's a lot of unknowns if you've got you know thousands of employees and they're all using their own flavor of of ai to create work like there's got to be some kind of you know standardization and governance and and all that stuff so to me it just it it feels like it's it's maturing quickly but it's it's maturing to that stage where probably you know we're probably going to have a very different conversation at the end of next year in other words yeah i, I agree i again it goes back to and your points are really valid right it goes back to where we're at that inflection point right now because i think brands are realizing they need to balance the hype with kind of the reality of of, of the delivery and yeah. so it's like you can't just jump into ai because you feel like you know you need to catch the wave of ai from a conversation and kind of help catapult your brand to another level from an awareness standpoint, you've got to back it with substance. And that substance can't be misleading. It's got to be authentic. It's got to be transparent. You have to be held accountable. Like there's, and so I think brands are going to sit back and I, I, I do, I think they're going to continue to move at a really rapid pace, but cautiously move at a rapid pace. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Partner Hero. Customer service outsourcing has long been available mainly to large enterprise businesses with long-term contracts and onerous procurement processes. Partner Hero is challenging business as usual and bringing the benefits of outsourcing to small and medium businesses as well as startups. With short, flexible contracts and fast ramp-up times, Partner Hero is making customer support outsourcing a viable option for small and medium businesses and startups. It's perfect for companies with seasonality expecting a temporary spike in volume or that simply need to scale up. And their focus on quality means your customers will get an experience that feels like it comes from your team. If you're ready to bring in outside customer support help for your company that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com slash agile, that's partnerhero.com slash A-G-I-L-E to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from the Agile brand and the way of the setup fee. Before we get back to the show, I just wanted to remind you to hit the follow or subscribe button on your app to make sure you get notified when new episodes of the show are available. Now let's get back to the show. So, you know, out of curiosity, certainly your clients were were very much impacted by this and a lot of them probably already using AI, others, um, you know, considering how AI could impact business and things. What about your agency? You know, how did AI change the way that the agency either does its work or is considering doing things? You know, what, what was the impact there? So AI wasn't really new to us, Greg, maybe in the way it's new in the way that, that you know, content's created or, yeah. you know, tools help you kind of like can ideate a little bit better. We've always had AI at, at the core of our platform from the way that we analyze data because we've always been kind of a data first, data driven type of agency. It mm -hmm. allows us to be, it's allowed us and it will now take it to another level with regards to the intelligence you think about you know, what AI does to kind of arm you with better knowledge sharing and knowledge building. You know, you think about your program's performances as these clients hire you to kind of activate campaigns. How do you measure performance? AI allows us to get much deeper, much finer and showcase kind of impact, 
And then the other thing I had talked to you about in one of the previous questions was the personalization side of it. You know, how as a marketing firm, you're able to take content, analyze audience and behaviors and really personalize your approach to the way at which you're creative, creatively thinking about the ideas and the campaigns and actually executing in measurement. But I also was, I also like prefacing at this point that, you know, part of what makes firms unique and different. I don't think there's going to be any agency out there or there shouldn't be any agency out there that just standardizes on everything AI. The human side of AI has to remain very, very relevant. You have to be able to take the data, analyze it, move it to action, make sure it's delivering the right impact. It's like the analysis you add on top of the, the data really to us makes the agencies and the creative the creative skill set out there kind of just go to another level. I mean, there's going to be tools, right, Greg, that are out there, whether it's content creation and and sentiment and tone analysis that agencies are going to have to adapt to. No question about it. But I do think that, you know, there are things we're doing as an agency to inform our clients better and to prepare us for what's ahead. We've built an internal task force. So all we do from the task force is stay way on top of the developments and everything that's happening and apply that knowledge from an ethics standpoint to both our clients on how they should be going about certain things, as well as how we operate in our, in our kind of approach and philosophy around AI as it relates to our industry, because that could get lost very, very quickly. And there is, there is no point in an agency's reputation where you can take AI and kind of treat it as your own. It's got to be this kind of, kind of full breadth of how you're using it. So it's knowledge sharing, it's ideation, but it's only ideation to a, to a degree where you're using the data to really move it. And then you've got to put your secret sauce on, hey, you know, you've been there for a while. Put the creativity around that idea that you might have used these tools for and bring it to client, specialize it and personalize it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that approach. And yeah, I'd love to love to hear how that that task force goes. And, and you know, I think that's a great, great idea. So. You know, we've talked a lot about AI already um, so far, you know, just curious outside of that realm, you know, because we're also kind of just recapping 2023 and talking about the year ahead, you know, any anything else that notable that, you know, changed, evolved, uh, that didn't have to do with AI, you know, what, what else, what else did you notice trend wise? A lot. oh my god this could be this could be its own segment i mean we had you know as everybody we had so much change taking place in 2023 whether it was the economic factors consolidation in the industry unfortunate circumstances with some of the brands with regards to layoffs and recalibrating the workforce how we work as a business how businesses work from a hybrid high flex kind of you know standpoint Uh, but i think when you peel it apart and get to kind of the business side, the buying decisions and the buying powers changed. It, it moved to kind of committee-based personas where mm. maybe before you knew exactly who your ideal client and audience was, in some cases, the CMO. And now the CMO is surrounding themselves with really, really great demand gen people, content marketing, corp comms, right? They come together as a committee and they weigh you know, the benefits of bringing in an agency, the type of skills that they want to work with from a business perspective. And it's now, you know, it's becoming a much wider bench of decision makers. And that changes. And I think this is happening across the board, Greg. That's not, it's just not with our business. I think businesses in general are getting to more of that kind of committee, committee-based committee decision, 
committee audiences. So that's kind of a big dynamic change. I think the other thing that's happened is we're starting to kind of look more at, so of course, based on the limited resources, expectations were not adjusted. So I think, you know, from a, a team standpoint, you, you're working with clients that might have pulled back on resources, but expectations stayed the same. That's, you know, that's a tough balancing act, right? And what I mean by that is we've started to get pulled more into more into the full funnel activity of what we're trying to do with, with the brands that we're working with. How do we impact the top of funnel? How do we make sure we're helping them move down the funnel and having the right experience? And how are they converting? Are we putting stories out to market? Are we making sure that the story is integrated, Greg? That's really important. How are we telling a story across channel? How are we optimizing that story so that it's hitting the audience at the right ideal time? And then more importantly, how are they coming out of the funnel and how are we working with them to make sure that they're staying close to their customers, building loyalty, retaining their customers, growing with their customers on the organic growth side of things like all of those factors that I just kind of reviewed with you have presented a really interesting challenge, yet great opportunity for our agency moving forward. Yeah, yeah, no, great. So, and and to your point, we could probably probably spend a, an entire episode, you know, ta- talking through some of that stuff um, uh, as well. But no, great, great, great insights there. So last topic I wanted to touch on here, um, the last time you and I spoke on the show, uh, we talked a lot about content and, you know, the impact of content, why great content is um, still matters. And, you know, I think in in light of the AI conversation to kind of go back to that, you know, I, I think it's, it's worth re-exploring that. And my perspective with Gen AI um, and you know all of the tools. Uh, you know, there's going to be some consolidation with tools and, and everything like that. But you know, I it makes it easy to create content. Therefore, there's probably going to be even more content produced. There's already a lot of content of I would say questionable quality already being produced. But a generative AI makes it even easier. So probably more content gets created. Um, quality, uh, you know, iffy um, with with some of this this content that's not that doesn't have a lot of oversight and a lot of strategy behind it. How do brands stand out when you know they don't necessarily have the resources to compete on volume or even on breadth of channels? You know, not every not every marketing team can be omni-channel and and effective in that way all the time. How should these brands be thinking about the impact of their content given given these kind of scenarios? Well, I think you started to hit on it a little bit. I think your mindset going into into 2024 is you have to be focused on qualitative content. You have to look at, you know, those indicators that say, I'm creating the right content, I'm driving the right audience to my pipeline based on the style of content I'm creating. I'm bringing in the right titles that matter based on the tone and the pain point I'm solving through my content, you know, and it, it's not a quantity game, Greg. I think if, 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 if yeah. you go it, go at it as a quantity game, you're going to sacrifice quality. There's no question about it. And I think a brand will immediately be ex- exposed trying to stay up with the pace game and rather not the substance. And so I kind of always boil down to find the voice yeah. as a brand, find the voice. You know, AI is going to take you so far, but find the voice. Who are your subject matter experts? What are your executive leadership teams? What's their vision? What's their purpose? What's their value? What's the customer voice? What's their values? How do you pull that into your content strategy? Because like, for example, we did our brand experience report this year. I'm sure you read it. It's, yeah. it, it kind of looked at a few different stats. One that jumped out to me the most was 
44% of customers would move away from a brand if they knew that most of their engagement relied only on AI. Think about that. If, yeah. if that customer experience was fueled just based on an automatic AI response, the customer knows is going to see that and they may face a retention and a loyalty issue based on automation replacing the voice and the overall experience. And that's kind of become, you know, a pre pretty interesting factor. And it kind of, because as a brand, you want to make your sure you, you, you're kind of enabling a really good, consistent experience on behalf of the customer and the employee. Yeah. You know, it's like, and it goes back to qualitative, campaign-driven, make sure you're diversifying your content, make sure you're showing how that is moving across channels and optimizing. And I know you mentioned, like, not every marketing team has the ability to move these content, these pieces across specific channels. But I do think they have to look at tone. They have to look at brand personality. They've got to look at voice. They got to make sure that runs through their content strategy. Don't overwhelm yourself with so much focus and you dilute your ultimate value as a brand. It's okay to hone into two or three different subjects and go deep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's great. So you, your agency works with a, a diverse array of, of clients with, you know, all with different strategies and, and needs and, and objectives, of course. But, you know, I'm wondering, are you, are you seeing any common themes in some of their areas of focus for the year? I mean, the subject we just left around quality of content is absolutely yeah. a theme. You know, we're an agency that was started in PR and has evolved to do a lot of other areas around the integrated playbook, whether it's integrated with teams or integrated with skills and, and developing these kind of activation strategies. So content sits at the core, but man, this, the ever evolving story, how do you make sure you're evolving the story? How do you make sure it's remaining fresh? How do you pivot to take advantage of market opportunities? How does that all drive an unbelievable share or power of voice from an awareness standpoint? Big common themes that are coming at us right now, Greg. So yeah. you peel it apart, positioning. Message positioning has been a topic. I think brands are tired from 2023, really tired. They're fatigued. They are looking for kind of to be energized with kind of maybe new market conditions, new growth opportunities, revitalization of their brand and their positioning. So I think that's all coming at us with how do we help them build a better, new, fresh story. We did an assessment, we call it the growth, growth phase assessment. And it looked at where brands are at as they head into 2024 around the transformation of their brand and or the disruption of their brand. You know what I mean? We looked yeah. at it through not so much a growth, but kind of like, where are you at your brand and what do you want to do next year with it? And it kind of all came back to story and content and kind of measurement and how you could help take the essence of the brand and fuel growth. How can you tell a better authentic story? And I, I mentioned earlier, but the measurement side of everything is really, really becoming critical. It's always been important, don't get me wrong, in anything that we do on the marketing side, whether it's the brand and how they measure performance or how the agency measures performance with the brand. But what we're doing on the measurement side with the qualitative analysis we put in with the pull through of a message or the, the expansion of uh, an executive team and their voice sitting in a market versus the competitors and how we are able to analyze and show key indicators to specific valued sections of either websites or content that they're launching or, you know, it's just like, man, it is an awesome time to be in marketing right now based yeah. on what's ahead. 
again, it was tired 2023. I'm excited to see 2023, you know, hit a, hit, hit a reverse and see you later. I, I'm excited for 24. And because of everything we just talked about, AI, yeah. content, storytelling, new ways of looking at data, sharing intelligence, all those kind of great things. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, uh, Mark, thanks so much for joining. Uh, one last question before we wrap up here. Um, you've given a lot of great advice, great insights already. I'm wondering what's one next best action that you'd recommend for leaders out there listening who want to make that bigger impact in 2024? Uh, where do you see the biggest opportunities here? The, there's, there's these mi- the power of the micro moments coming at us right now, like these micro ma- moments where you can capitalize on industry happenings, trends, business performance, business milestones, and how you kind of move that into the ability to kind of create really great content that takes advantage of that moment in time. And, you know, how that lathers over to a tighter community that you're trying to build with the customer, the employee, the stakeholders, you know, all of that, you know, those are things that we're going to continue to work together and solve, right? Though there's no, there's no hundred percent proven answer to that, but I do feel Brands, teams, they're tired of just looking at things through a transactional lens. They want to become more strategic. They want to become more campaign driven. They want to reach higher up into the expectations and the performance that they can drive to hit a brand and the equity that that brand's trying to build. And I think the next 12 months are going to be really pivotal pivotal to see that all come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Again, I'd like to thank Mark Nardoni, Chief Marketing Officer at Pan Communications for joining the show. You can learn more about Mark and Pan Communications by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkillstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. While you're there, check out my series of best-selling Agile Brand Guides, covering a wide variety of marketing technology topics, or you can search for Greg Kilstrom on Amazon. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile. The Agile brand.